profane language in different areas in our lives and at work, you know. And sometimes we just need to add a little emphasis when people aren't picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, just speaking your truth. And they didn't know you had all that fire in your throat. In your throat. Oh, yes. Sometimes you have to just let them know, I'm real. I'm Mama. I'm a little And this is Talking Brown Sugar. Extra, extra. Hear all about it. TBS, Talking Brown Sugar. You can hear us on a podcast, an iPad, a laptop, your cell phone, Talking Brown Sugar. Just listen, read all about it, stay connected. All we ask, oh, we need your TBS, Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar Bowl, where we share some random thoughts. Yes, looking at the world, looking at the weather, looking at these floods, listening about shootings all over the world. It's just sad. You know, we we looking at a hostile environment because we see who's in the seat. And sometimes that affects the whole organism of the universe to where we live. And we have to try to be harmonious with each other, listen to some music, relax our minds. But every day when you wake up, there's something going on that you was not even expecting. People getting mad on the jobs, people going back to shoot, families missing people. What's going on? Do you know? Yeah, uh, hate crimes went up since he was elected. A um, couple of hundred percent. We don't have any gun regulations. We don't see mental illness as a real thing, so we don't... Um, supply support in those different areas i mean there are systems at work that need some updating based on the needs of this world especially with the way we interact with technology um social media is also another um accelerator of like we talked about good and bad things so uh there's a lot of reasons why we have um you know, lots of shoot mass shootings and um, sex trafficking and so many things going on in this world. Capitalism. There's a lot of things. You know, we can point to a lot of different things and um, try to figure it out. But I just know it's a lot of systems that need to be fixed. Yep, it starts at the top. Like they say, we're trying to make it to the top. We fighting like crabs every day. What's going on? Where's the children, honey? These kids keep disappearing. Every time you look on the website, every time you look in another newspaper, I like to read different news around the world. Kids are missing everywhere. Or they're dying somewhere. We just had that little polar child die with a little in, in captivity in the little borderlands thing they've got going on. They want the borderlands? What was it? Border wall, whatever it was. Something that don't need to be happening in this institution of life. But anyway, where the kids going? We got a lot of organ trafficking going on. People stealing organs and things we reading about. At first, I didn't want to believe about it. 
And people saying not to put your um, that you want to be a transplant person, organ donor, organ donor for on your license ID. It's scary out here, so you know you just gotta be cautious. And going on with this little sad note, we gotta stop leaving our children with our new boyfriends or new stepdaddies. And stepmothers and new girlfriends. Some people don't have the patience for children. Or they just want to be bothered with your first child that you had in the relationship. Some people want to sign on saying they don't mind being a guardian or helping out. But then their tempers fly or they get jealous. Or who knows what's going on in their background. Their mental illness or their unhappiness with life. They don't want to be bothered. So sometimes we just have to be patient and find another babysitter. And don't be so ready to say, well, I want to give this other person a break. They can take care of the baby today. And then you come home, what happens? Everybody want to point the finger. Why? Then you sad. Yeah, that is something um, to think about. But, you know, it's how people are raised, how people grow up in society, what we value, what we don't value. Um, We definitely have, like a, I think, a warped sense of... Um, how we value life in this country. Um, And a lot of times we look to federal laws or just, you know, like Supreme Court rulings to tell us what is or what isn't or what's legal, what's not legal. Um, And then, you know, recent trends, um, you have different examples and statistics that tell you what lives matter and what ones don't. So, yeah, like I was saying, it's just we got to get some of those systems improved and have honest conversations about the reality of this world and what different people and different groups face, especially our communities of color. Yeah, and people say, well, you don't understand what's going on in my household or they can't afford the child care. But sometimes you got to make, you got to think about the child. You want to come home to that baby. You want to come home to that loved one. You want to hug that child. You don't want to come home with some sad news or a, a eerie feeling when you come to your doorstep or somebody calls you on your job and tell you, you need to call, come home right away. Sad. It is. Um, some of my random thoughts I've had. Um, just, you know, whenever I am working with or around Younger kids, especially our beautiful black babies, um, I am intentional about carrying conversations with them and listening to whatever it is they want to talk about, have to say to me, um, especially when we volunteer and work with different groups. Um, I make a make a point to when a kid is talking to me, I'll listen. Like, I'll, of course, I'm not going to stop everything that I'm doing, but I will make sure I'm facing them and I'll talk to them. They're little people, little people, little bodies. Uh with big emotions, but they are people too. And so when I'm helping them, I make sure to let them know, you know, you're intelligent, you are capable, and you're beautiful. Um, Because we have to remind our kids that um, because every day in so many different ways um, and in so many different places, they're told that they are not uh, worthy, they aren't of value, or they're shown that. it's not just what's what could be going on at home, but it's what they have to face when they go out in the street, um, because they, you know, aren't seen as beautiful, innocent kids. 
and um i watched always be my maybe on netflix have you seen that yet no i haven't um it was pretty good um ali wong and randall park they had great chemistry you know ali wong she's a um a comedian a stand-up comedian um she just had a couple of um stand-up shows come out and movies but this one always be my maybe uh came out in select theaters and netflix so it was a unique combined um release and i was surprised i I knew it was going to be a rom-com but it had me ugly ugly crying so i would say two thumbs up i plan to look at it because it seems like it's going to be interesting funny and heartfelt yeah, it was all those things, and it was a really good story. Um, both of them wrote the script and everything together. It was it was pretty good, um, pretty well. Ali Wong wore a bunch of beautiful pieces, beautiful gowns. Um, I was I was impressed with the fashion, and the comedy was pretty good. Um, and Keanu Reeves was funny. He was in the movie. Um, and just randomly, my new saying now is uh. You know, when you're killing people, kindness is uh, it's above me now. And that is all I have to say on that. Sounds good. You know I want to look at it so we get through. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. Man gets plastic surgery and name change to date his ex-girlfriend after she obtains a restraining order. A New Jersey man who went to great lengths to try and win back his ex-girlfriend. Despite a court restraining order was arrested this morning after his plot was discovered. This is a 2017 news article. 40-year-old James Mack from Camden was condemned to six months in jail in 2007 for criminally... 2017 for criminally harassing his former lover. But the sentence clearly didn't dispute him. Being under a restraining order that forbid him from containing or approaching his ex, he began extreme transformation in order to do it without getting caught. He legally changed his name to Jason Manor, underwent 37 plastic surgeries to change his physical appearance, and even had a what a delicate voice cord operation to alter his voice. Sarah Lopez, Mr. Mack's ex-girlfriend, says she had no idea it was him when she met him at her gym. Wow. I just saw a handsome guy who had exactly the same taste as me in terms of music, movies, food, everything. It seemed like a match made in heaven, a gift from life to compensate for all I had endured. Miss Franklin said it was wonderful for a few weeks, but then she gradually started to feel that there was something wrong about her new boyfriend. I sometimes thought he knew too many things about me, my family, my friends. This morning, then this morning, he accidentally made a comment about when the first date, and I realized who he really was. As soon as she recognized him, she called the police and he ran away. He was finally arrested less than 30 minutes later for hiding in bushes a few blocks from here. Wow. This is creepy.
you know, you think you know a person, then you don't. But if somebody wants to go to the extremes to be with you, it seems like you should have picked up on something right away. His smell, um, somebody's hands, some kind of birthmark. But I think she was just so busy trying to find her a mate. That's just my opinion. Well, it seemed like he went through um, great lengths. I've heard about this story um, before, so it definitely seemed like it seemed like he um, went through great lengths to um, change his appearance. He got a voice change and everything. So she didn't. She didn't know. She was like, "Ooh, I got a new. I got a Ken doll." Um, but he slipped up. Just the mental um, hoops and stuff he jumped through to um, get to that point was crazy. <laughs> crazy. I mean, 37 surgeries, that's a bit much. Oh, wow. This is a good one right here. Doctors may soon be prescribing vegetables instead of drugs to prevent illness. Soon eating healthier foods might be prescribed by doctors to avoid chronic illnesses such as cardiovascular disease and diabetes. That will be wonderful. A recent study found that healthy food prescriptions would improve people's health which would be more economical in the long run. In the United States, Medicare, Medicaid are covering these models of healthy food prescription. This health insurance groups made use of their data. Provided by the National Health Nutrition Examination Surveys for the computer simulation for samples representation. There are two scenarios studied. The first was coverage of 30% of fruit, and vegetables, while the other is covering the same amount for a wider range of dates, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, seafood, and plant-based oil purchases. Both models were funded by the insurance groups mentioned above. The scenario, to me, is uh, who's this going to affect? Hmm? Wow. The healthy food prescription did not only reduce the number of diagnosis patients, but it also had an effect uh, on health care utilization. This intention amazed a total of $140 billion of savings. That's a lot. The data encouraged subdesigning, subsidizing, and prescribing healthy foods to avoid diseases and for a, for more costs, effective living. Spending money on healthier food would be better than paying for hospital bills and medication. As part of the popular saying goes, prevention is better than cure. I agree. Yay. Now for the follow-up. Yeah, I am. What you think? Yeah, because it's a good thing. I think, you know, when they have them talking about prescriptions, think about when your parents and grandparents, back in the day, people used to have their own little gardens on the side of the house. They would pick from there and they would be healthier. Like now you got all this other canned goods and things that are not as healthy and it's hard for people to find affordable foods if they're using food stamps or just can't afford their medication or their food. So somewhere along there, something's going to go short. Or they're going to half eat their food, try to save it, 
If they're getting something for Meals on Wheels, they might not eat the food because they don't like it. But if they can get their own vegetables and a doctor can prescribe them some kind of nutritional diet for their easy living or, you know, grams of meat, almost like a diet to keep them healthier, I'm all for it. But what's the downfall? Yeah, that's a good point you make. Um, also, and um, wondering how this will affect people who live in food deserts or who, you know, just have to travel further um, to get to like a grocery store. So it's like when people don't live near a pharmacy or a place that carries a drug they need um, to live or, you know, offering at an affordable cost. Um, also, I too, uh, I personally um, have had a complicated relationship with um, dieting, but um, with discussions I have had with my doctors, it's it's um, a holistic approach um, that you have to take as far as like uh, weight management, cardiovascular health, preventing diabetes. Um, I have great blood pressure, don't have diabetes, um, things like that, but weight management um definitely is connected to what you eat how you eat um physical activity and things like that so i think that doctors being able to uh prescribe literally fruit different foods and things uh will help a lot of people um live healthier lives um and may as i said has um saved people and 140 billion dollars worth of savings um, I think it's a big a big number. Um, I would like to see it expanded, um, you know, to have some kind of like public programs as well for people who may not be receiving um, Medicaid and Medicare. Like if you have private insurance, um, like when they start rolling that out, um, that would be great. Because, you know, what you are what you eat. That's what I was about to say. You are what you eat. And, you know, the dietitians, everybody can make a play on it. Because, you know, you learn in school about the food pyramid, but it's, it's so it's, it's expensive to eat healthy. Even though you have these new gimmicks coming up, you know, Blue Apron and all these. Slim Yeah, made to make it better. But they're expensive to have that stuff come to your house in a box. You still don't know what you're getting. Exactly. When you hear things that say organic grass-fed this or whatever you don't know if it has antibiotics in it which could also you know mess up your weight or um your health in general you would take all kinds of chemicals for something that's supposed to be um healthy because it's an artificial sugar that's still man-made so you know it's like different chemicals and things like that so um Prescribing food could also help people figure out what works for them. And that's what a lot of people do need rather than just going, you know, keto. Keto isn't for everybody or um, intermittent fasting. It's all kinds of things out there. But it going to see a doctor who could prescribe something for you, who has the know, the knowledge, um, work, working with a nutritionist to help you, that could help some people who don't. Uh, have the money to yeah. hire somebody to help them uh, through that process and create a diet for them. So I think that's cool. I do too. And, you know, getting back, like you say, to the diet, people have Crohn's disease, people battling cancer, um, all kinds of anxieties, uh, you name it. You, you got so many eating disorders. And like when they say like bland diets, gluten freeze, some people just, even they just didn't know. They just been taking different things somebody told them. And some doctors don't even know what to prescribe people. 
how to eat right with their medication. But like you say, it starts from the earth. All right, moving along. Amazon is selling houses for less than 20000 with free shipping. Housing companies found a new home. Amazon prefabricated modular housing that are built in a factory. It's having its moment from 2013 to 2018. Industries revenue grew by an annualization of eight. Annualized 8.6 to nearly 10.5 billion, including growth of 4.0% in 2018 alone, according to the research firm IBS World. These homes even hit Amazon, apparently are selling out. That sounds good. I wish I could buy one. Indeed, multiple news outlets like real estate sites like Curb and The Real Deal reported that this one 172 square feet, 7,250 fabricated cabin, which the manufacturer's claims can be built in what? Eight hours and on Amazon sold out. Can you believe that? The house comes with free shipping. The many reported that the homes were back in stock, so they're going quick. The companies note that these two 92 square feet cabins, square footage does not include the additional sleeping loft. It's large enough to function as a summer home, house, home office, or even a standalone retail building. And that's by adding the utility hookups, these cabins can be converted to a residence. Of course, that will cost extra, and the company notes that if you live in a colder spot, you'll need an additional installation. That sounds really wonderful. And looking at them, they are beautiful. Two adults can assemble these homes in two to three days, the company says. I don't know about myself. It might take me two or three months to assemble this. You know how things say you can assemble? I might need some help from Hood. <laughs> Although you will help from hood, um, I need some land, some property. They'll just uh send you the instructions again. <laughs> I'm gonna say I need somebody. Well, look, Bob the Builder. But I think this is a great thing. You know, if you have some property or land, this would be a little nice investment, a little getaway, a little vacation. You gotta spend nothing out your pocket. No, I don't know, cause you have to have the twenty. You have to have at least the twenty thousand on you. Yeah. Pay for whatever the shipping is. I'm sure it's a little more expensive because that has got to be heavy. Um, even though they box it up cute, um, and say you can put it together in um eight hours. That's when you are a handy person and you have uh the right tools as well. You know, probably like a a crane, a mini crane or something, or uh, was a lever lever, um. And then it's just it's a little shady um, and cute how they slid it in there that you have to um, shell out extra uh, dough for insulation, a sleeping uh, quarters. But also, if you were to buy this mini home, where would you put it? Um, now that more houses are being built on top of each other, like, but even, okay, sure, a summer home. 
um, office space or whatever, you can have it like a shed in your backyard. But the way they're building houses on top of each other, you just go have a house connected to your back door. Well, if somebody has some little property somewhere, they can build it and rent it out to their family member. Sure. It's still, it's, I just see like the hidden costs, especially if you wanted some plumbing. Well, you know, we ain't going to talk about the plumbing. It can be a she shed or what they call it, a mother-in-law's attachable away from the house, father-in-law, grandparents. That's what you want me to get you when you, uh, instead of putting you in a home? I'm going to need me a bathroom, honey. You just walk to the house. Oh, no. Might be some wolves out there. Might want to get me. Or just get you some extra absorbent diapers. Ha <laughs> That's what you would like to say, right? Nope. That'd be a mess. Boosh, boochie, boo. Sephora is launching a day of inclusion workshops and closing all 400 of its stores June 5th to teach employees about how not to be racist after Singa SZA claimed she was racially profiled in a Calabasas store. The platinum-selling artist reportedly was trying to buy some Fenty Beauty products in peace when she was targeted by a woman she renamed as Sandy Sephora. Um, this was another incident of a white person calling a black person, calling the cops on the black person who was minding their business. Uh, when the 28-year-old chart topper was looking for cosmetics from Rihanna's Fenty line, she was confronted by mall security who she was then informed that the store employee had accused her of theft and called authorities to detain her. In April, SZA wrote about her experience. LMAO, Sandy Sephora, location 614 Calabasas, called security to make sure I wasn't stealing. The singer wrote on Twitter, adding, Can a bee cop her, you know, she cussed, cop her Fenty in peace or what? After the troubling incident, Rihanna surprised SZA with a Fenty Beauty gift card and posted a supportive message on Instagram saying, go, fi- go, buy, your Fenty- go buy your Fenty and Fenty Beauty in pieces, wrote Rihanna, who launched the cosmetic brand in 2017. Tanks queen, SZA replied. In response to the makeup debacle, Sephora posted on social media of their intent to close their locations and ask customers to join in their efforts to build a more inclusive beauty community. Daily Mail reports. Um, Sephora believe this is the message from Sephora. Sephora believes in championing all beauty, living with courage and standing fearlessly together to celebrate our difference. The beauty company wrote, we will never stop building a community where diversity is expected. Self-expression is honored and all are welcome and you are included. The brand also included a link to its We Belong to Something Beautiful campaign. Yeah. Uh, I hope Sandy Sephora um, was fired. I didn't see anything about that. Um, I just want action to be taken. Um, And SZA has a platform. So, of course, they had to, you know, respond to the incident. Especially with Rihanna then responding. Um... Because they carry her brand, and it's just, it would have been a bad look if they ignored it. Um, but think about how this happens to regular, regular everyday people, you know, when you go in the store. Um, I recently had it happen to me when I was in, um, where was I at, Cary, North Carolina. And 
a beauty supply store. One of my favorite places to walk around in. Even though I might not buy anything. Um, just looking. And multiple times I had store clerk, two different store clerk, clerk uh, two different store clerks loudly let me know that if I needed assistance to let them know and that wigs were 30% off. Um, so loud enough that I know they heard the other person say it to me. So, and that was within like five minutes of each other. And so I knew it was time to go. I think I had stuff to purchase, but I remember just, I was ready to go at that point. And it just ruined the shopping experience, even if I was going to buy something. But I'm glad they made a public statement and they're having um, to teach. Funny, you got to teach people not to be racist because it is something you have to unlearn. So I'm wondering who they're going to have do the training and um, if they have follow-up because it's going to take more than one day to to unlearn racism. As I have learned with racial equity training, you should um, check in and check out the uh, Racial Equity Institute. And their two-day um, introduction into racism and how it is systematically um, disenfranchised different groups of people and how it's connected to our economy and the history of racism. You know what? That just pissed me off. Because you know what I'm trying to tell you? They can have all the training in God's green earth or the universe. And somebody's still going to take it out of contents. You know, it, it seems like they see us. I don't care how you dress, well-dressed, underdressed. Let that person be your customer. You ain't got to watch them like a magnifying glass. Because if you got the right little, what you call them, the little metal detector tags on there, what's she, what's she going to steal for? She got money. I mean... It, she it, clearly didn't know who she was. She didn't. But I mean, And it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Because, I mean, we have been in the stores with a lot of money, and we had, what, $3,000 before pocketbooks? I could have been, I don't care, I can be, I can be um, struggling. Yeah. And not have my, I could be window shopping. If you really want my money, your customer service should be A1. I don't care who walking in the door, as long as exactly. I'm not destroying uh, company property, or I'm actually, if I'm not actually stealing, yes. you know, causing harm to you or your store, collect my, collect my coins. Make me want to spend money. Right. I'll come up there and help somebody Dummy. in a nice manner that you can feel that somebody's like, I'm glad you came in this store. Let me show you this this experience. You know, that makes that's going to hurt a lot of people, different, you know, cosmetic companies. They were like, I don't want to go in there. I sure don't want to go in there. Yeah, and I get, you know, business models where they say not every good, every dollar is a good dollar or a green dollar, but at the same time, what are you? What are you? What are? What, what are you doing? What's What's your job? What do you? You know? Did you really see anybody steal anything? Really? Because everybody's a walking advertisement. She's dumb. But I'm, yeah, I hope that um, they don't just do one day and have a whole system in place, and a better screening process to try to weed out the racists in their uh hiring process. Moving on. Um, some people are not emotionally ready to watch when they see us, and that is okay. Um, so when, when they see us is a new, um, docuseries, um, from Ava DuVernay. It is currently out on Netflix and is about the, um, Central Park Five and Ava DuVernay, uh, 
spoke about bringing back the humanity of the young men because they were all just boys who had their lives torn apart by this case, by Donald Trump's um, allegations and his public statements, by the prosecutor, by the system, by the public who condemned these young boys to um, burying um, and crippling um, traumatic experiences and imprisoning them uh, wrongfully. So all of them were innocent and found to be um, actually innocent. Uh, But this article... It starts with an anecdote of um, the woman, the author, uh, Jasmine Denise. She is explaining how she uh, began to watch it with her husband one night. Um, they both were um, highly anticipating, uh, you know, having a Netflix and chill night with Bay. Um, but when they began to watch it, she, you know, jumped up and was like, I actually cannot watch this. Um, I just can't. She said she blurted out, I can't watch this right now. I'm not mentally prepared. I I said me too sis uh me too. Um every time I see the previews, um I get angsty about it. I actually saw um in in college um sociology we um had to we were you know for grade um but for research um purposes we had to watch um a different documentary about the Central Park 5 and it showed the actual footage um from the um, investigations and when they were inside the rooms being interrogated. So we, I mean, seeing them break the boys down and, um, how they forced them to confess to something they didn't commit and how they were railroaded into these, um, guilty pleas and how, um, they have followed them into their adulthood lives and how they haven't been able to live as adult men and, you know, literally just live, I mean, it's, it's people, it's human, it's human beings in this world because they were so jacked up from the experience of being torn down, being told they're a monster, then being beat up and all kinds of things happened to them in jail um, and just trying to be support for each other. And then, you know, different people telling their story for them. Um, the documentary broke, that documentary broke me. So I knew I wasn't going to be ready for this and I'm still not ready. Um, and she went on to say how, um, it's basically so many minutes of black trauma on the screen and, um, 296 minutes of black trauma. Um, some people need to mentally and emotionally prepare for that, which is true. It's such a heartbreaking and distressing tale that, uh, DuVernay felt the need to make a grief counselor available to the cast and the crew on the set of the series. So imagine watching this and what they had to do to embody those, um, stories and what actually happened to those young men. Yeah. Um... And so the article ends with, so if you find that you um, are one of the people who is struggling emotionally to process the heart-wrenching and relenting, um, be gentle with yourself and understand that you are not alone. I think that's important to note. That is important to note. Because I have came across just looking at some of the faces and saying, I'm going to watch this. And then I'm looking at the facial expressions. I can just feel the trauma and the emotions in their eyes. I'm like, ah, nah. And I said, I'm going to look at it. I changed my mind. And I can look at some deep stuff and don't be bothered. Maybe shook for a minute, but it seems like these people you have, you could know and their lives will never be the same. Even now, their lives are not, it's not the same. Some things you can't repair. 
you know, so broken in in the world. And people are wanting to say, well, we can do this and we can do that, but there's so much damage, you know. Because when them people are interrogating people, they do anything just to, like, leave me alone. I, I say and sign whatever. It's not a good outcome. Yeah, even though um, we see that, you know, we see sm- they're smiling. Um, it's about the the original uh, Central Park Five um, and recent pictures and things um, that their story is being retold again, but with a more humanizing to- tone, um, specifically going back to like what each um, person endured and like where they are now. Um, you, like you said, you can't get it back. And then um, I did see like recent stories about how um, the prosecutor of that case has had to like step down from um, different charity boards since the release of the Netflix docuseries. Um, and I said, good, good. I said she should now feel the wrath of what she put on these five innocent young men, these boys. Um, it's just... Heartbreaking. Yeah, what we like, and we say this all the time because it's true and it's still happening. What we as black people, what we as people of color, what we as marginalized people have to go through in this country it makes no sense. So I don't feel bad that she's had to step down. She'll be alright. Always. She'll be fine. She might have to go in hiding. Um, but she'll she'll do it comfortably. She'll be fine. Mm. In a little bit lighter news. Autistic author Robin Stewart creates first accessible guide about periods. A new guide to periods by autistic author Robin Stewart will be released worldwide on April 18th. So it's out now. The autism-friendly guide to periods was created specifically with the learning needs of individuals on the autism spectrum in mind, um, from design to how the book's information is delivered. In 2017, Stewart attended society. Society of Menstrual Cycle Research Conference, where she became intrigued with reusable reusable menstrual products. She bought several books on period education and found three issues with them all. They were not very literal, they did not offer enough details, and there were no photos. Already a published author, Stewart saw the need to write a comprehensive book about menstrual health that will fill the gaps to meet the learning needs of people on the autism spectrum. Stewart said autistic individuals tend to be detail-oriented and literal thinkers, which can present confusion and misunderstanding when a book's language is not clear. For many autistics, the traditional way of teaching periods is not accessible to them or it's not really, really discussed, Stewart told the Mighty. Autistic people can be quite isolated, and their ability to get information can be limited, and many books do not have accommodations to not be overwhelming. The Autism-Friendly Guide to Periods covers the basics of having a period, including what periods are, what people get them, available period supplies, common period worries, how periods can impact emotions, and the rest of the body, and autism-specific issues relating to periods. While the book is for anybody who has periods, it is primarily intended for autistic young people between the ages of 9 to 16. Stewart's book provides the necessary accommodations for those who may not understand written or even spoken words, making learning about periods accessible to neurodiverse audiences. The book comes with an overlay grid. You can cut the flaps so you can see one picture at a time to reduce the amount of processing a person has to do or take in at one time. Stewart said the book's design 
Um, it does not get too graphic too quickly due to the use of overlay grid. So the Im images and words presented aren't presented all at once. In addition to all the images and books, they're all real picture pictures. Stewart was the model. A photographer took the pictures over her shoulder for step-by-step guides for using period-related products. Stewart chose the over-the-shoulder angle. As she said, often books present a mirror image, which can be difficult for people with spatial issues to understand. The images also include menstrual products stained with blood as a visual. Um, can be helpful in understanding that blood coming out of the body is expected and part of getting a period. It's normal. Um, think about the dang commercials that use a blue liquid. Who got blue liquid coming out of them? When blood comes in contact with oxygen, it turns a crimson red. Uh, that's chemistry. That's science. Facts. Boom. Um, sorry for in your ear for a second. Um, but yeah, considering recent times, I think a lot of politicians should also read this book um, because a lot of people have um, crazy understandings, especially males. The way our teach our country teaches and talks about sex education is so flawed. Um, America as a country has a weird relationship with sex. You know, other countries talk about sex as a natural thing because it is a natural thing. Um, and for people with different abilities, different um like they were saying, neurodiverse, neurodiverse audiences, neurodiverse people, um, people with different abilities, all kinds of things. Um, it's just a period. But I think it's great that she was able to create a book um, to increase the accessibility of the information. So, so needed at such a confusing time um, doing puberty when one gets their period. And I hated those commercials, seeing them growing up. Um, I was like, what is this blue liquid they're pouring out of a tube? It's not, it doesn't even cover clots and, you know, it's so much stuff that we don't even talk about. And when you look at the instructions, they don't talk about it either. They had to make it TV friendly. TV friendly for who? We for get to people. see blood and guts. We get I to see know. vampires biting into necks, blood shooting out, people getting their head chopped and cut off. So but true. you can't talk about a period. They had to make it friendly. a period. I understand. What's a period? How how is it not friendly? Well, look at it now. I they can't control it. it. But who? When in your right mind are you gonna see a vampire? You had you had to get CGI graphics. Um, you had to make some fake blood. Um, all kinds of little skin patches so it can shoot out and all this kind of crazy stuff. And just like when people get shot up, you know, the blood squirts everywhere. That's more violent than a period. But that like a period is the worst thing to see. It's supposed to be a secret. After secret. Now you know. Where to find us online? Facebook and Instagram. Talking Brown Sugar. Twitter. At Talking Brown Sugar. That's Talking Brown S U G. And email. Talking Brown Sugar at Gmail dot com. And follow the hashtag TBS or TB Sugar for more content. Hit us up, people. Wellness check. Yep, real quickly, talking about toxic shock syndrome or TSS. Um, a lot of people learn about this when they first, you know, have those puberty moments where they get their period. Um, it's a rare but life-threatening complication of a bacterial infection um, that happens in the uterus um, when you have, like, prolonged 
uh, wear and use of uh, usually tampons or um, a sanitary pad and um, it either gets stuck and lodged inside or um, you just haven't changed it often enough and then bacteria breeds and you know it's in a warm moist uh, space and so it just continues to grow Um, so remember you can take these steps to prevent it yes you know if you have one on a regular Count so many hours, like two or three. And those supers, don't leave those in long because they have more um, spongy stuff that your body's not used to. And watch out for smells. You know, if you're wearing like a little mini pad and you smell something that don't look right, don't stop wearing those, those tampons. Some people like to wear them because it, it makes them look cute in their little clothes and they got their little thongs on. But you got to think, be mindful. If you if your stomach starts hurting real bad besides the cramps, you need to go see a doctor. If you smell something that smells like fish, you need to go see somebody quick. Don't play with yourself and try to find out what's going on because you don't want to end up somewhere getting a hysterectomy or something. Um, yeah, um, just know your body. Um, pay attention to those things. Having your period is normal. It's a part of life. Uh, but toxic shock can cause uh, extreme low blood pressure, can cause you to go into shock. And that's when um, your body isn't getting enough blood flow. Um, it can also cause just um, future bleeding problems, um, bruising, and different kind of, kinds of rash and, you know, other things like yeast can form and then be complicated. Um so whenever you feel like something's off, go ahead and get it checked out rather than let it linger. Um, there are plenty of uh, free clinics. There's no shame in going to the doctor and getting your stuff checked out by a professional. That's right. Check it out. Yes, we're getting to our main discussion. We want to, this might not be age appropriate for the little kitties. We'll be talking extreme uh, about sexual things tonight then we want you to be careful. Our disclaimer is put grandma up, put the kitties up, because I might not even be ready for some of the stuff I'm talking about. So this is a disclaimer, and it's adult language. It's time for the main discussion, and we're talking about sex. The good, the ugly, and the boots. What did you want to talk about first? I know you said something about having the birds and the bees talk. Yes, I believe when you have your children, make it age appropriate. And, you know, be fair to them. Let them know how they got here. Just don't say, oh, I found you next door. I found you in the cabbage patch. But, you know, get a book or go to the library because they're going to ask. Because somebody in school is going to have a younger brother or sister, and they're going to say, I'm a big brother. And they say, why is your mommy's stomach getting big? What's up with that? And they're going to come and ask these questions. Or sometimes when people never had nobody in their family to talk about sexual intercourse or sexual activities, they were like, I don't want to talk about it. Find somebody. You don't want them to find anybody because nine times out of ten, Somebody told them they done seen some porn somewhere with some uncle house or some brother's house and seen some little crazy books. Just be honest and let them know. This is what happens. Tell them the sexual parts. Tell them their body parts. 
This is what God made us to do, to reproduce in the right way. Yeah, you made a good point about um, making it age appropriate. So I think, um, like people say with kids, it's best to just allow them to come to you with the questions and you have and be prepared to give them um, an honest and age appropriate answer. Um, And just being mindful of like conversations you have with maybe like little nieces, nephews and um, bait, like when you're babysitting. Be mindful of what the parent may want you or not to say um, and making sure you're not saying anything too crazy. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes I've heard kids of being in the company of my children when y'all were growing up, you be hearing, I be hearing them giggle. Tell me, look at that. Look at his his junk. Or look at her cooch. Look at her cuckoo. That's where them babies come out. And I would be like, wait a minute, uh-uh. We're not going to have a conversation in my house. Who said? Who said that? You know, like little friends come over. You, you be outside playing, and I'll be listening in the window. I'll be eavesdropping. Oh, I don't remember those conversations. Not at the house. Um, I do remember, um, you know, on the school bus here and stuff, crazy stuff. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a good point to um make sure you interject when the kid is expressing curiosity or knowledge of those things, clarifying you know, separating fact from fiction so that they can go out in the world and know because I feel like, like you said, if you don't learn at home, you will find out on the streets and the streets may not always be right or was best. Yeah, because you don't want nobody taking advantage of them. You don't want nobody saying, oh, you want to play pocket pool with a grown adult or somebody, you know, might just be babysitting them. You want to play with this and they don't know, and the next thing you know, you get a sexually assaulted. You want to let them know that is not meant for them to be played with. No grown adult, no brother, no sister, no grandma, no nobody. You don't sit on his lap. You 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 know you got to be telling them this is what might happen once they ask questions, or if they say somebody touched me down on my pee pee, say that somebody touched you on your penis or your vagina, let them know because they'd be like, what? What's that? Show them pictures. Show them pictures so they know. Oh, oh, this is what makes the a male. This is what makes it makes a female. Just like the plants, you can throw, take them outside because they might see some kind of dog getting drugged down the street, and you gotta be laughing like, "Oh Lord, I hope they don't ask me no questions." Yeah, I remember. Um, we called my uh, vagina growing up a pocket purse, and um, you know, you learned about your no no square early on, um, and you know, teaching kids about their boundaries and. Um, as I got older, um, and I would hear some crazy stuff from my friends, I was like, that's not true. And then people were like, how do you know? And I was like, well, actually in the book, cause you showed us an anatomy book and all that kind of stuff. And you told us about where babies come from. And it was crazy to see the breakdown of the skin, like the dermis, the muscle, the bones, and then to see how, you know, the different organs work. So from sexual organs, you know, the sperm and the egg and how you make the baby. I learned early on because I had questions. And you gave us books to read up on it, um, like technical terms and stuff after we started having questions and stuff. So that um, did help me navigate that early on and to know more about safe sex, um, especially after, you know, you had the talk in fifth grade and middle school. Um, it was really funny. Um, how much they leave out. And I think when they 
only tell you, you know, abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. Um, I think it's good for them to also then go into, especially high school, what safe sex is and have just straight up um, talk about condoms, um, different diseases and STDs and all this kind of stuff. Um, and just, you know, how to have, um, like like I was saying, um, safe sex. That's the best kind of sex when you know your status. Um, so like we always say, go get tested, um, especially if you're sexually active, even if you're not, you just the way, um, things are spread now, um, every three to six months, we are sexually active and whatever your doctor recommends based on whatever you have going on. Yeah. And if you have a new partner or something like that, and they're so eager to want to have some fun time, slow down and say, look, um, you've been tested. And if they look at you like you crazy. That should be a red flag. They don't love you to death, and you don't want nobody to love you to death. Yeah. Um. And if you're not ready, express that. Express that. That's how you can have a healthy, happy relationship. Let's uh move into some questions. Do you want to go first? Sure. Once you found out about sex, or you read about it, what do you feel about it? I mean, it's alright, you know. Like I said, when you know. You with that special one, I guess, or just Well, as Drake said, um, you know, when you with that special somebody, make sure it's that special somebody. But um, I don't know what that means for me. Um, a special somebody, it's alright. Um, I believe in having like emotional connection to someone. Before all that gets down, um, before you get down with the get down and the get down, um, it's cool. But I found in my um, pursuit of a relationship or anything, having that conversation with m- males my age is just like, all right, what else is on your mind? After that, it's 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 not a big deal to me, um, because it is what it is. Um, I do think it's it should be a part of the conversation, but it shouldn't dominate the whole conversation. As far as like, what are your prospects? What are you looking for? Um, but I think it sh- you should be compatible yeah. with your partner. Um, and um. You know, like I said, say sex is great sex. Sexual healing is something that's good when it's safe. That's good for me. But anyway. What about you? Um, When you dipped your toe in the water, I don't know what you did to do after you learned about what it was. I was upset. I thought I was. You what? I was, you know, you read the most stupid ass books. They be lying. Okay. But are you talking about romance books? Yeah, my cousins gave me some of these books one time. What bronze thrill and these different little these were black romance books. Oh, so not the man with the the white shirt and his buff muscles and the blonde hair. You know what I'm talking about? Who's on all the books? Oh no, not Harlequin Romance. I ain't never get into that crap. But um, you know, you read about it, but the physical part of it, you be like, that's it. But I sometimes I think guys that egos build them up for us to, once you separate the difference from the boys and the men, 
that's when it sometimes it doesn't even matter. It depends on I think what's going on with a person's ego, how they feel about themselves to feel about you. To put you up on that mountain of making you saying, You are my girl. Not just a piece of meat or just something to do, you know. Because sometimes some people let their sexuality just take them over and that's that's what they're hunting for. And then they forget they don't want to be in a relationship with that female. They just want to do what they got to do and foop. And then she'd be like, oh, that's my boo. We we good. And they see, you know, you see him somewhere else with somebody else. Oh, I thought you know what we were doing. But sometimes sex sometimes can make a division in emotions for people. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when women act like that, they call us some names, you know. Oh, yeah. Scott. I, you know, because we can handle it the same way. You good? Okay. And then he'll get mad like, oh, it's like that. Oh, you treat me like I'm some trash. I mean, we're adults. We're not no children. But I think when kids are uh, teenagers and stuff, I think sexuality sometimes get them so emotional when they break up. They mind me like, what? You leaving me? And the whole world hasn't even started with life. Yeah, but your hormones will really mess up how you can see the world. Yes, I, and that is a great point. When you don't know, you don't focus on it. But when you do know, you get to looking at all kinds of um eggplants and stuff and, and cucumbers. <laughs> do you know how I knew that you knew that I was curious? I would watch you. And you would say, ooh, he would be so cute. And your little face would turn red. I said, you know, this person is cute. I said, mm-hmm. That's when I started seeing them little American girl books. And it's like, the girl's guide to dating and boys and something in school. I said, what's she trying to say? But I was reading it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, I would. I mean, I wasn't trying to be naive. Because I knew when I used to grow up, I used to be an ear hustler and listen to my friends. Because some of my friends was, I didn't know they was physically having sex with boys. I thought we were just making up little lies to each other, like, girl, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, girl. And then I realized, what did you just say? He put the what? I was like, I didn't know. I was lost. So I knew I couldn't lie on that conversation because they knew, like, girl, you're not doing nothing. And they were showing me condoms. I'm 14. I'm like, what are you doing with this? So I would ask mom a question. And then my mom, would, she sat me down and told me the real deal. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, growing up, a lot of girls in my neighborhood, like, we didn't have too many girls in my neighborhood, but in school, or my, they were popping that thing early on in my generation. Um, it was commonplace, but I also think, I don't know if everybody understood exactly what they were doing. It was just a thing to do. I just, I just feel like it was a thing to do, like it was the thing, the end thing. And um, I know it's different things now. Um, you know, people eating groceries and stuff. Um, that's, that's the thing. I didn't like that. I think it's funny that you didn't know she did. I was getting down in the kitchen. I was like, eating that booty like groceries. You said, Ma, do you know what I said? She cooking up something. You were like, uh-uh. She literally said it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but... um. It was just a lot going on with hormones and stuff. And um you I think going back to like talking about um in relationships and growing up you have to be honest about 
the role sex is going to play in the relationship early on. But you got to be comfortable with talking about it without assuming, like, stereotypical things. Like, a girl's supposed to have this body count. Or you're not supposed to have this body count at this age. Or um, just wear a condom, diddle dams, um, get tested, all those different things. Know your products, lube, whatever you need to do to get the job done. Um, and talk about those things. We, I saw, I told y'all saw about the the video, um, where it was a sex education, um, woman, she was stopping by college and she had, um, a plush vagina and she was talking about clitoral stimulation and, um, giving the students, um, it was on a college campus, she was giving them, um, different, um, condoms and talking to them about different, um, products so that they can protect themselves while having, um, sex, especially, you know, on college campus, there's some people, you know, first time away from home, they're trying out, um, different things, experimenting, all kinds of things, but she was talking about how, um, norm, heteronormative sex isn't even for women, you know, studies prove that lesbian women have more orgasms, um, and it makes sense because of what people have been conditioned to focus on. Um, and it's literally just about pleasuring the man in a relationship. Um, that video's on Facebook. But the reaction of the students was funny, too. Because it was like, oh, wow. What? Dang. So I've been doing it wrong the whole time. Or something like that. It was just funny. It was, and it, it makes sense. Um, when you think about the anatomy and the science behind those different organs and how they work. Um, so it was just interesting that, you know, patriarchy and capitalism and the way we objectify women's bodies to be used as a tool for male pleasure, mm-hmm. how it has then shaped how we talk about sex in the country. You know, it's what sells the movie, what sells a song, a product, and it's not like something that is talked about natural because it's like something you're supposed to put in a box right. it's something that is supposed to be exclusive to certain audiences and it's just weird um we gotta do better about that yeah because some some cultures you know they have what forced marriages i'll call them forced marriage even though they're arranged and there's no way in the world you can marry off a 11 to 14 year old girl to a, a 19 year old or older man and see that pleasurable that's insane to me. Even now, even in our world, we looked at, like back in the olden days, little girls, and they weren't women. They little bodies didn't know how to have no babies, even though they would be beat down and they'd just throw them in the ditch somewhere if they died. I mean, you got to, to me, I just, I just think you just need to be open-minded. Because even some people I have talked to, they say they didn't learn more about sex until they got into a relationship with a person and didn't realize if it was love, emotions, physical or, or just being used, and then they get STDs. Nobody told them about what what was going on with their body. They found out the wrong way. Then they finally they get sterile. They didn't have no kids. But you got you got to be selfish with yourself. You just can't throw your 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 cookies and cookies and milk and let everybody dip in it, honey. Just because he looked fine and cute, you got to make sure he ain't no down low brother or been somewhere playing. That's problematic. You know. So hey. That's problematic. But they can happen. You have to ask questions. Yeah, you have to be honest about your sexual um, history when you are going to engage in that with people, uh, with other people. Um, but that's um, 
something like I said, you, that's a conversation you need to have early on. If that's yeah. something you intend on or you don't intend on doing, set your boundaries, and that's part of um, self exploration that needs to happen as well. You being comfortable with your body and your organs, or um, being able to be comfortable enough um, to express what it is you do or do want to happen. Yeah, when it's time. Or when you decide to do something with some money. Correct. And just like you're saying, you know, hey, according to your friends, they don't mean that's a friend. He might not want to be a boyfriend. Um, What are some misconceptions about sex you discovered um, as getting older or as you experienced more things? You got to learn to make your own self happy. You know, just because you are with someone anytime, sometimes your body change, your mind change. Once you see the economics effects of a relationship or what's going on with it, some things can make, it's a bargain breaker. I'm going to use Jay-Z and Beyonce. Then I'm going to use, who else? What's this new guy? He plays on uh, Queen Sugar, Esau, something. Well, you know, his money just growing. So, if Jay-Z has all this good money, regardless of whatever's going on with him and Beyonce, they're going to be good. Their sex life is going to be fabulous. Even though she knows if he cheats, she can leave without him. Which would be if we already know he cheated. It's public. Yeah, but I'm saying she is going to be good anyway if they're together or not. It's not going to be. She she don't have to depend on this money. That's what I'm saying. But if you look at somebody who's struggling and, and they're dibbing and dabbing and they can't pay the bills, their sex life is screwed. Not for everybody. Oh yeah, I was about to say I don't I don't I'm trying to see what correlation you're trying to make. Sometimes some people deal with some people because of their money status and build off of their money. And then sometimes some people just stay with people because they think that's the only thing they can do. Mm. And that's not the right way to be. You have to know how to love yourself and don't take yourself for granted. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. I, I agree with that part. Um I don't think I had too many misconceptions other than, like, you know, plus and minus um, equals the square root of O to the waterfall. But um, I guess that getting older, you know, they say if a girl, that whole thing with, you know, girls are hoes if they um, sleep around. But it was like... What do boys do? What do males do? I think it's just whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you decide, you have autonomy over your body. As I think, as long as you're doing it safely, you aren't hurting anybody, and you aren't going out here um, like those crazy people who um, know their status and don't disclose. You know, if they have a, a STD and just sleep around um, unprotected, I think you're fine if you are practicing safe sex. Um, and doing what you have to do to protect yourself and whoever you sleep with. Of course, that's being responsible. I think if you are not going to be just one-on-one with that person, you should always stay protected. And if you feel, if you get a good feeling about your partner, y'all been together two or three years, you know, get tested. Be, be, don't be ashamed. That means you you looking out for your own self. If somebody else is not going to look out for you, you better look out for your own self. You'll dig a ditch for yourself. You'll be like... Dag, I should have. You be in the hospital looking crazy. I've seen it happen.
Hmm. What role does it play in a relationship? I don't think it should be transactional. Like, you know, if you good, you get that. If you're not good, you won't get it. Or something like that. Um, I don't think it should be used as a... A deal breaker? Yeah, or... Leverage. Leverage or punishment. Like, to withhold it. That's weird to me. Um, People do, though. I know. I'm just thinking about like healthy, like a healthy ideal relationship that I would want. I wouldn't want it to be like the we, the basis of the relationship. Then that's like if that's all you got, that's all you got. Okay. And when that's not what you got, then what do you have? And, and, hey, and that's what some people um go on. They be like, I'm not gonna let them go because of this. I'm like, well, you was crazy. You gonna nah? I mean, if it works, for, if they want to keep it working for them, that's on them. But I'm talking about for me personally. Yeah, it sh- I don't think like I said it shouldn't be the the uh, it shouldn't be a hundred percent of a relationship. Um, uh, yeah, because you can't pay bills with it, and you sure can't feed yourself with it. What's love got to do? Got to do with my bills. What's love when they cut out all your lights? <laughs> um, do you feel good naked? I do, but you know what? To this day, I can't walk around. Even from in house by myself, I can't walk around the house naked. Boy, just wait until. No, I, I don't know. I, if I go to a beach, I can put on like a little skimpy booty shorts and this. I wouldn't. I don't ask you about going out to nobody beach naked. I no, I wouldn't. I can do it naked. I have to. I, I like to have something on my skin. I'm comfortable in my skin now, but I just can't be. Nobody asked you to parade it anyway. I'm just saying. I just can't be naked. I know you used to, you like being naked. Yep. Ever since I was little, I got home, I was out of my diaper. Yes, I was funny to me. I was like, look at that. Hey, oh, oh, my goodness. He <laughs> seen us with some little brown buns. Yep. Same thing. When I get home, I like to change my clothes. I don't, I don't, I love being in, I love my body. Um, so I do feel good naked. I love my body. Um, do you, okay. I don't need to know, know this. But I'm asking you because we're talking about it. And we're going to go there. Do you watch porn? Yes, no, why, or not? No. I thought that was one of the funniest. One of my friends had took a DVD and we brought it to my house. And it was just it was just not right to me. I wasn't doing nothing right then. And she was like, This is what really goes on with people. But it was two men. She and we started laughing and we was like, Do you see what they're doing? I said, That's not man and woman. And then she skipped it about it was women. And they had fake winkies. I fell out laughing. She said that wasn't funny. It was funny to me. Why it wasn't funny? And then they showed a man and a woman. I was like, Oh my goodness! I was embarrassed. It was funny though. I was like, "No, I don't look at porn. That's not my cup of tea." It's right. educational, even though it's not true to form, and it's definitely. I mean, they're taking. There have been new strides in the industry to make it more inclusive and diverse, but um, it's definitely for. Based in like male gaze and um, what like the male perspective, heterosexual male perspective. I mean, I've been in like to 
X-rated shops and stuff, and I'm I know like in the library they have a bunch of, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. educational for people having sex for sixty and eighty. I was like, what? You don't use it, you will lose it. You better believe that it'll fall off and just like, hello, are you still there? It will. It literally will dry up. No, if you ain't working it right, it'll dry up. You need a partner for that. <laughs> I think we could conclude on that note. Yes, hydrate people. Um, all right, I'm it's getting hot in here. My face it's hurts. Hot in here. No, okay. Let's all right. But um, I think one key takeaway is that the more comfortable you are talking about sex, um, with your children at yeah. you know age appropriate conversations, as we said earlier, the better you can be at. Enjoying it, um, taking comfort in knowing that your child is better prepared, um, that they can come to you about questions they may have that they may hear, um, you know. Or in a relationship with somebody, and they might try to use sex, like, if you don't do this, you don't love me, if you don't give it. No, you should not, never be forced to do nothing. You do not want to or you don't feel comfortable. You don't be trying to putting dribbles up your ass and stuff like that. Don't do that. Just slide that in there, didn't you? But yeah, um, the more comfortable you are having those conversations um, in the different relationships you have, whether it be with, you know, having the conversation with your kids so they're better prepared, um, a partner so you all can, you know, explore comfortably. Whatever it is you need to have, make sure you have the conversation and be bold. Um, I love the saying, sexy is knowing. Keep it simple, stupid. K-I-S-S. Um, so know your status. Sexy is knowing that you're good to go. Yeah. So having those open conversations. That's what I say. You just heard it. This has been Talking Brown Sugar. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. We, we out! out!